Hey, I'm Josh Smith and welcome to Rain. And I'm so glad you're here, babes. This podcast is all about opening up, having important conversations and celebrating successes, as well as overcoming obstacles to reign over our own lives. I love to chat to people and I always find things in these conversations to take away and use in my own life. So I really hope you'll find the same as well. Welcome to Rain. Today on Rain, I'm so excited that we're joined by the king of rom-coms turned superhero, Noah Centineo. Believe it or not, Noah's been working since he was eight years old, starting on the Disney Channel before going on to appear in the trilogy of dreams to all the boys I loved before. The movies are so great and follow Lara Jean, whose private love letters are exposed to her high school and Noah's character, Hot Jock Peter, comes to take her heart and ours too. Now Noah is slipping into a superhero fit to star in the latest DC Universe film, Black Adam. Noah's character, Atom Smasher, is called up to join the Justice Society to suss out the curious Black Adam, played by Dwayne Johnson, AKA The Rock. In this episode, Noah tells me how intense filming the movie was. It even involved dislocating joints, so rather him than me, and how the training to prepare for the movie made him reflect on his body image. And don't worry, Noah also struggles to get himself in a gym too. It's not just us then. We also talk about my favorite topic on the entire planet, chicken nuggets. And what I really love about this episode is what Noah has to say about self-belief, manifestation, putting in the work and refusing to be boxed in. So I hope you'll be just as inspired by his mindset as I was. Now crowns at the ready, let's ring. We're joined today by someone who's found a new level of superpowers see what I've done there. Noah, how are you? It's very good. Yeah, very slick. (laughs) If only they translated to real life, Mm. I think that would be wild. Yeah, it would be wild. What would you do with, I mean, it'd be quite difficult, your superpower, because it's a bit, you just become six stories tall, and that's not exactly that practical. No, like, I don't know what you could do. You could, like, do construction, maybe. Yeah? You could help with, maybe you could help, like, throw rockets into space. And you could cheapen space exploration mm. and satellite. Love it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. But a very varied power. Yeah, you could do a bunch of things. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Stunning. You could probably power a whole city or a whole country just with, like, turnstile. I don't know. <laughs> not that you thought about it. Not that I thought no, about no, it. No, not no, at no. all. I had about two weeks to think. <laughs> Get cats out of trees. Stunning. Stunning, dude. <laughs> <laughs> that it's literally limitless. Limitless. <laughs> well, I love Black Adam, and it's all about a superhero wakes up after five thousand years of sleep. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I could do with five thousand years of sleep. Nice. Right? Sounds nice, right? Sounds really nice. <laughs> <laughs> could really do with that recharge. Yeah, yeah, it would be tight. That'd be great. Um, but it is. It's about about a um, a man with godlike powers that has been asleep for five thousand years. He's been imprisoned. And he wakes up with a a fit of rage that is carried over from when he was put into that cell 5,000 years ago. Um, Begins to wreak a little bit of havoc um, in a way that gets the Justice Society's attention. Mm -hmm. And um, they get called in to vet him out and to put a stop to it. And you play Atom Smasher. Yes, play Atom Smasher. He's one of the new recruits to the Justice Society. They figure, hey, we got to... 
expand the team a little yeah. bit. So it's Hawkman, who's at the head of the Council mm -hmm. for the Justice Society. He's got Dr. Fate. He brings in Dr. Fate, an old friend of his, uh, who's a sorcerer, wields magic. And then they needed two other recruits, and so they brought in Cyclone and Adam Smasher. Those are the two younger metahumans that get brought on the team. And here you are. Adam Smasher. And to quote Backstreet Boys, he's larger than life, isn't he? <laughs> He is, he, literally. Figuratively, figuratively and literally. Yeah, and it seems like when I was watching it, I felt like my eyebrows were gonna like blow off, it was so intense, it was like, whoa, like coming really? at you like all the time. Cool. Um, how intense was That's it? That's what we want, That's we want the want. eyebrows you want to the be eyebrows blown gone. off of your face. <laughs> Stunning review, you can put that on the posters. <laughs> it's the new trend anyway, people are losing their eyebrows. It's because they're seeing Black Adam, not yeah. because they're blonding them or whatever it's called. <laughs> Dying them, hack. bleaching them. <laughs> yeah, new TikTok hack, go watch Black Adam, lose your eyebrows. Lose your eyebrows. And you'll be cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but how intense was it to shoot? Because you threw everything at this and the kitchen sink, didn't you? And I mean, didn't you even dislocate your arm like twice? I did, but that's just because I'm hypermobile. It wasn't mm. because I was doing anything badass. <laughs> Man, I was just running. I was just running and I twisted and threw my arm in the air and dislocated. Um, but yeah, I, like Aldous Hodge showed up months before we ever set action um, and was training up every day at 4 a.m. Mm. Um, with the stunt team, with his, with his um, stunt double. David and um, you know just in the weeds figuring out the choreography for the fight scenes and what would work and because Aldis has a fighting background as well um, and he would just work with our coordination team nonstop and then you want to talk about hours and hours of just fighting over and over again the same take over and over again just to get it right mixed with Q um, doing all of this physical preparation mm. Q Quintessa's window who plays Cyclone. Um, you know, doing wushu, um, studying wushu, studying um, contemporary dance, modern dance, experimental dance, different dance teachers in those respective fields, even going to trapeze school, you know, just to get the movement and the flow of Cyclone, mm. wanting to depict the, her special uh, movement in Cyclone. You know, it's just, there was so much that was expected um, and that was executed in these characters for, for to make the action just so fantastic. Mm. Um, but I just showed up. All of my stuff was performance capture, so I didn't really have to do much. You were like, great, cool. I just turned up. I showed up, made no a couple of jokes, went home. <laughs> <laughs> but in that physical training, what mm. do you think it taught you about your relationship with your own physical strength and your body image as well, right? Because I guess it's quite, it's very intense. You're focusing on it all the time and it probably changed your relationship quite a lot with your body. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I, I really noticed um, was it keeps me in a really proper headspace to be moving my body at least once every day, whether it's 20, 30 minutes, mm. um, or you know, an hour and a half of really intense hypertrophy training, right? Where I'm just trying to like max out. Um, either way, it gets the blood pumping. It cycles through my system. I get some more endorphins. Um, and it, it, it kind of calms me down and settles me for whatever it is I need to cover that day. Because mm. it's so true, physical strength and mental strength are so entwined together, oh, yeah. aren't Definitely. they? And you really do have to look after that mental strength in order to look after your physical strength, don't you? Have you found yeah. that? Yeah, it's tough, it's tough. I mean, for the last three months, I only started working out again about a week before this press tour. And I just couldn't find the motivation to mm. train, and I wasn't training. And I was like, oh, I know I should, but and I just I I couldn't find a reason to do it. And 
about a week before the press start, whether it was because I felt it kind of, you know, in the near distance right there, or I, I just kind of just went, you know, fuck it, man, I'm just going to do it. And yeah. so, um, and what I, what I realized was like, I was always like, oh, it's going to, it's going to be so hard to get back into it, or I'm not going to be good at it, or I'm going to, you know, whatever. And the, the shadow of it was a lot larger than the actual effort of getting back into the gym. Yeah. Um, and then, I, you know, again, I, I got addicted to it again in the last month. So, yeah. I hear even like last night, I'm like in the gym at 1230 yeah. in the morning. <laughs> Whoa. Like yeah. at night. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's quite dedicated. I'm not sure I've got that level of dedication towards it you, at all. But you know what? When it makes you feel good. Yeah. It, it, you're like, I need to do that. I mm. want to do that. It's kind of like a little bit of a, a hack. Mm. You know? It's the mental clarity aspect of it, isn't it? Because I think we're surrounded yeah. by so much noise all the time, and especially what, doing what you do. Mm. Like, you're literally, it's constant noise, isn't it? You need to take that moment out where you just center yourself again. Totally. Well, it, it could literally be like yoga. Doesn't yeah. It? You have to lift weights. You just sit on a mat and stretch without your phone and breathe and just like do what feels good. And you're checking in with your body. You're giving yourself that a moment to just, like you kind of say, just collect yourself. Mm. And then one of the things I really loved about your character, which <laughs> I really enjoyed, is the fact that he's constantly always eating. Yeah. And I love the fact that he's literally walking around with a bucket of like fried chicken. Yeah, Kandaki now, fried chicken. Yeah, how many chicken nuggets does it take to make a superhero? <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think during one of the setups, I had 63 or 64. You ate 63 chicken nuggets? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, How did that feel afterwards? You gotta remember, like, at this point, like, I was training like crazy, yeah. too. So, like, I was easy. Yeah. I, was, I was just, every, every, I think every take I had about two. Mm. And we did at least 30 takes, so I was, I was scarfing them down. Yeah. This is like my dream job. I'd love so to get good. paid to eat, like, chicken nuggets. Oh, my God. I 63. So good. Knocking and down those 20 nugget box sets. They taste, I don't even know where we got them from, but they tasted so good. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get sick. You'd th you think I would get sick. Yeah. I didn't get sick. I should have. Maybe That's, there's something wrong with me. Mm. I think it's because it's the meal choice of champions, basically. That's right. It? That's Fried right. chicken. Fried chicken. <laughs> Fried chicken tenders. <laughs> nuggets make superheroes. You've heard it here first. This is where <laughs> you heard it. Don't forget it either. Don't forget it. Let's take it back to when you first found out about Black Adam because I has this been like a dream come true situation for you? Were you kind of like the kid who ran around pretending to be a superhero? Totally. Is this a lifelong ambition for you? I mean, I absolutely ran around pretending to have superpowers. I think I think we all did when we were kids, mm. or maybe not, but I definitely did. Um, but I never, I never, you know, sat there thinking. This wasn't. I don't think. This specific character as a superhero was something I manifested. Yeah, um, I think that I've always wanted to work. I've always wanted to work with good people, and I've wanted to be able to learn from the people that I work with. Um, and you know, um, getting the right team in place to help me walk into rooms and meet people mm. was was really really substantial. And I remember I had a general meeting with Bo Flynn, and shortly thereafter. Jama wanted to meet with me for lunch about Black Adam. Um, and so you're sitting there and I'm, I'm listening to Jama and he's telling me, you know, what he wants to accomplish with Black Adam and what he's thinking with Adam Smasher and he's asking my opinion and, and I'm kind of giving it to him. And, and we just got to know each other though, besides all that. And, um, and I left the meeting going, man, I would, I would love to just work with this group of people, especially with you know DJ and Lawrence Cher as the director of photography, um, 
And a couple months later, I got the call and they said, yeah, like they want you to do it, man. And the weight of the responsibility kind of hit, right? Because mm. you're not, this isn't a new character. Sure, it's never been seen in the cinematic universe. It's never been explored in a, on, a, on a screen like this. Um, but there is a rich history in the comic books and there's an entire you know, mass of people that have expectations that are looking forward to this character, that have maybe been wanting this character to come to life. And so there's a responsibility there and, and you have to do it service, you have to do it justice. And, um, but I will say that there was, there was never a pressure. There's a difference between responsibility and pressure. Mm. And I feel that I was, be able, I was really able to rely on the team that DJ, Dwayne, yeah. cultivated around this project. How amazing was it to work with him? Because I mean, he's like the ultimate guy, right? Like yeah. that is like oh, yeah. that is like the dream to work yeah. with the Rock. Yeah. What was that? What was that process like? What did you learn from him? He's the the, the biggest entertainer on the planet. Um, and when you meet him, you'll understand why. Mm. Not only is he so successful, not only does he team build like a motherfucker, right? Getting the right people in place to execute his vision at its optimum potential that is such a difficult skill to acquire and to have and he has he clearly has that otherwise he wouldn't be where he is today um his his passion in what he's doing his belief in what he's doing and his his work ethic to accomplish it on on his own level um how he shows up to every scenario with his best foot forward and then and then de demands expects and believes in everyone around him to do the same. Um, having him as a leader in this, you can't help but take on his passion mm -hmm. for the project as well. Um, and what a what an opportunity to just, you know, be in proximity to that yeah. and to learn under that, mm. you know. And it's so important to have that kind of presence because it gives you a whole new level of self-belief, right? And I mean, this yeah. podcast is all about finding your power. Mm. As we said in the top, love it. When do you think you found your own power? I was very lucky to have parents that believed in me mm. from birth, that supported me from birth, that gave me such positive feedback loops. Um, that, you know, when I was 15, I told them if I moved to LA, I would be successful. Um, and I asked them to help me move, and they did. Um, I wouldn't have been able to do any of this if it wasn't for their support. Um, and they were so helpful in, in that, I don't know, that giving me the foundations for my own self-confidence and my own esteem. Not to say that there were moments where of insecurity, like extreme mm -hmm. insecurity, like what am I doing? There's no way I could possibly do this. Why would I ever think I could do this? That exists. But because of, I, I think because of their belief in me and, and then because of my own belief in myself and knowing that if I continued to show up, I would get these small victories that then amassed to massive steps being taken. Um, it's not about not having those voices in your head. It's about persevering despite those voices, mm -hmm. despite the fear. Um, mm -hmm. So it's hard to pinpoint exactly when, man, but I feel like I've always kind of walked with a sense of purpose. Yeah, and pushing through fear is such an amazing thing to be able to do, right? Do you feel like you did it with this project? There was not a lot of fear with this project. I think like 
That's not totally true. Yes, but not in an overwhelming mm -hmm. sense. I've been doing it since I was eight, so I have almost two decades of experience to fall back on that pushed me forward. Yeah. You know, if I was, like I remember when I, when I went on TV for the first time, that took courage, mm. right? I'm shaking and trying to deliver my lines, right? While the cameras are rolling. This was, I had that moment, I had those nerves, but it wasn't as intense. It wasn't as scary because I'd been exposed to that fear so many times throughout mm. my career. Every time I walked on set, yeah. you know, anytime I was with someone that I idolized and they said action and I'm like looking at like Sir Patrick Stewart. Right? Like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and this time was obviously a whole nother caliber, mm. a whole nother level with Dwayne and Pierce Brosnan. Um, and even Aldis obviously, right? One night in Miami and like his vast career. Um, but it was something where I, I looked and I went, no, I know how to do this. Yeah. I've done this before. I can do this. It's so great to get to that point where you have that level of confidence in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And like you were saying, you have been working since you were eight. So you've been through so much, the ups, the downs, yeah. the struggles, the sacrifices to get to that point as well. Totally. What do you think you've learned about success and failure on that journey for you? You get the, the failure is, is uh, the failures is what make the successes. Mm. Um, you gotta you gotta be willing to fall on your face and fail and be told no and rejected a thousand times before you get that one. Um, you also need luck. You gotta be a good. I think like you just gotta you gotta be a good person. Like mm. I I remember this casting director Carol Goldwasser. She was the casting director for Austin and Alley, mm. um, which was a, a Disney Channel show that became the number one Disney Channel show. Um, and I had an audition when I was 15 for it where it was a one-line, just one-liner. She worked with it, with me on it, in the audition room for 45 minutes. That one line before she pressed record. And she got it exactly how it needed to be so that I would book the role. Because she believed in me. And I had come in there so many times and they had said no to me so many times. And she, it was because of her that I, it wasn't because I was good. Like, she coached me for 45 mm. minutes. It's a long time. It's a for long time. Line. For one line. Auditions take 30 seconds for one line. It's like, come in, what's your name? Good, stand there, do the line, action, and good. All right, thank you. Like, that's, that's, and so it was luck, but it was because of her and her kindness that I got that role, and that role then turned from a one-liner to a recur over the first season, and then the show became the number one show, and then I worked on other shows, and then I got the Foxsters. Like, that was the, that was the yeah. real tipping point. Um, and it took all the failures. I could have I could have just been like, you know what, I showed up for pilot season, I dropped out of school and I got here and I auditioned 60 times in two months and like nobody said yes, I didn't even get a call back. Like I'm not gonna come back in a month for episodic. And I went back and that was the audition that, that went. Wow. So you, you just gotta keep going. If you believe in yourself, even if you don't believe in yourself, <laughs> like fuck it, show up. Yeah, show up for yourself. Up. Show up, dude, because if you love something and you wanna do it, and you have to put everything that you have into it. And you have to overcome odds. I mean, DJ, what DJ has done, they tried to say, you need to lose weight. You can't be doing this. You know, is there any other, you could do any other superhero in DC. Don't do Black Adam. Which one would, you know, no, I want to do Black Adam. I'm not going to lose the weight. I'm going to be myself. I'm going to continue that. Like, he had to overcome so many people telling him what he was supposed to be just to make it here. And at the end of the day, He's still such a stand-up guy. Mm. 
And that is what makes him the rock. That's what makes him so special. Because other people that overcome adversity like that, they think the world owes them something. 100%. Right? Like, I, you said I couldn't do it, and then I did it. So now I'm coming for everybody. It's like, and no, that's not his way at all. Mm. Do you think you've ever been put into a box and had to break out there? I don't, I've never felt like I've been in a box. I think people for sure have put me in a box. But I, I've never felt like I was in a box. Because I did rom-coms for a long time, and then, but I did The Fosters for 60-some-one episodes, and that was just family drama. Um, and then like I did more rom-coms, but then like Charlie's Angels was rom-com. But I don't know. I think, obviously, romantic comedies have been my bread and butter for a really long time. But I've never felt like that was all I can do. I've mm -hmm. always kind of known that I have more in me. And Black Adam is a taste of that. But I definitely think people put me in a box. Mm. Yeah. Well, you're just like a variety box, aren't you? Like a good chocolate box. You're like, got this, got that. As long as <laughs> there's a little, a little bit, this, long, a little bit of sea salt, a little bit of caramel, a little bit of wafer, you know what I mean? <laughs> no almonds, no nuts. You know, like, yeah. No, we clear those out. <laughs> Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah. <laughs> but before you run off to the next amazing project that's on the horizon for you, which is actually The Recruit on Netflix, can't yeah. wait for that. Can't we'll talk about that another time. Yeah. But we always end on one question, that always is, in the reign of your life, what's the one rule you'll always live by? What's that rule for you? I think I've always been able to have a vision for something and do everything in my power to realize that vision, you know, and materialize it in front of me and call it to come into fruition. And I think that that's an interesting principle to believe in, which is if you can imagine it and you can see it and you take, you do the work necessary to achieve it um, while also doing all the, you know, pseudoscience stuff, right? Manifesting mm -hmm. vision board, thinking about it positively, affirmations, bringing it in in that light, but also doing just the physical work. Um, the preparation, if you, if you truly, truly do everything that you can possibly do, I think you can achieve your vision. And I think that's a rule that I live by mm. and, and one that I've, I've kept by my side. Were you living proof of that? Yeah, I guess. Right? <laughs> yeah, 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 it's true. It's so true. And thanks so much for joining us. You've been amazing. Thanks. I'm gonna go away, get those vision boards going. Yeah. Yes. I think anyone who says that, by the way, like for the most part is proof of that. Like yeah. there's a, like, I'm not, obviously you, you, you talk to people all the time about this mm -hmm. and I'm sure every single one's like, yeah, if you believe it, you can do it. Yeah, yeah. self-belief is key. The people that, like, what is Steve Jobs? The people that are crazy enough to think that they can change the world end up being the ones that do. Or should I yeah. paraphrase and butchered it, but that's, that's that. It's true. That's the belief, that's yeah. the rule. And then you can be on a bus in London, which you are right now, boom. Babe. Making it happen. Come on. <laughs> Amazing. Thanks so much. Thank you so, so much. So great yeah. meeting you. Yeah, nice to meet you. Thanks for this. Thank you so much for joining me for another amazing episode of Rain. I really hope you found something to take away from this episode. And if you have, let me know. You can always get me on socials at Josh Smith Hosts. I love to hear from you. And as always, if you've enjoyed this episode, please like, rate, subscribe, or follow wherever you get your podcasts from. And more importantly, please share this with someone you think needs to hear it. Let's get those convos going and I'll see you next time.
Hi babes, me again. Just wanted to tell you about something very exciting. I can't believe I'm about to tell you this, but I've written a book and it's called Great Chat. As you know, I love to chat, plot spoiler, and I love talking to people about their lives because as I always say, talking and listening is so powerful. The book is all about how you can master conversation and transform your life just like it has for me. I've used my experience from all the amazing interviews I've been lucky enough to do as well as a load of research to help you deal with everything from making new friends to embracing difficult discussions. Great chat should never be underestimated. It can truly improve your well-being, allow you to create the life you want and bring the connections you are so deserving of, babes. You can pre-order Great Chat today in hardback, ebook, and audiobook, read by me, no less, and it's out on the 20th of June.